Hi, guys. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> I'm nervous. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm really, really excited to be here with you guys, and I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm grateful to every pastor in the house. I'm grateful to Pastor Jose. He's here right now. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, this is just crazy. Um, I feel so privileged to be here and to speak with you guys tonight. Whew. So if you guys can make me a little comfortable tonight, you know, whenever I say something that maybe you like, even if it's just a little bit, just, just say something back like, come on, or amen, or... <laughs> So I'm not just here and I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? But let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for this moment, God, for this opportunity, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak tonight, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that every word that comes out of my mouth, God, be from you. I pray that your Holy Spirit is just in this place, God. I pray, Lord, that you would remove anything, God, that you don't want to say tonight and that you would add whatever it is that you want to say, Jesus, because it's all about you tonight, God. I love you, Lord. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. So we are ending our sermon series of the book of Galatians. This is the final installment. If you've been loving this sermon series, make some noise, make some noise. <laughs> um, today is the end. But to every end, there's always a new beginning. So be here next week because there's going to be an amazing sermon series uh, starting next week. But today we're going to read in Galatians chapter 6. So I'm going to hop right into the, the verses that I'm going to read tonight. And it's Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 15. Guys, this is some good word. This is some good word. The Bible just, just be, you know. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world had been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Paul snapped when he wrote this. And this is literally the end of the book. That's, this is how he ends it. And he's like the first verse is, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. If that doesn't tell me that this is important, then, you know, I don't know. The whole book was written by another scribe. He said what he wanted to have written down, but somebody else wrote it for him. And then at the end, Paul was like, no, I need to write this because I need them to know that this is important stuff right here. So to give you guys a little bit of context, it's talking about circumcision and it's like, oh, what does that even have to do with me? <laughs> right? Like that's, you know, that's not something that, that, that we talk about in church anymore because that's an old uh, Jewish tradition to show that you know, if I, if, I, if I were a man and I were circumcised, and that shows that I'm a Jew, right? And um, and Paul is talking to Jews right now. Paul is talking to the Jews, and he's saying, you know, I know that right now we're in this weird transition from, like, 
you know, you, you, the old traditions and the old Jewish ways, and now Christ entered, and, and there's this whole new way of doing things. And I know it's probably a little hard for you to transition, but I need you to get this. He's telling these people, like, I need you to get this. You are, they were so, the Jews were so used to everything being about the law. They were so used to what validated them being the law. They were so used to just leaning on that, like knowing that if I could follow the law, then, you know, God loves me, then, then I'm in good standing, you know, with God. That's what they were used to. And now Jesus comes in, completely flips the script, and he's like, it's not about that anymore. I fulfilled the law. I came to fulfill the law. My work on the cross was all that you needed. That's all that you need. And the Jews are like outraged. They're like, no, like you need to keep the law. Like this is what's important because that's all they know. Imagine, you know, you're going your whole life and this is all you know. And then all of a sudden this person comes in and completely flips it. And you're like, I don't understand what's going on. And so that's where they were at. But Paul was like, I know it's, it's a hard transition, but we need, we need to transition. Because Jesus came and he said, yeah, you were living by the law now, but now it's about, it's about the, the cross. Now it's about being a new creation. That's the point of it all. So he completely goes against religion in this. And Paul completely goes against religion in this, in this verse. And he devalues circumcision. He literally says, neither circumcision nor uncir- uncircumcision means anything. Imagine, ouch, like how they felt. They were like, ooh. like, what do you mean it means nothing? This is all I've known. Like, this is everything to us, right? And Paul is like, it means nothing. We need to have a shift. And this is how, this is how things were, 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 were going about during the time when Paul was writing, but maybe this is something that we can relate to. So many times we, we trust in this false gospel and we think that it's about self-justification and we think, oh, if I can just do good, then God will love me. And what should matter most to us is two things. It's avoiding that false gospel, avoiding the false gospel of self-salvation and instead boasting only in the cross that should be what matters most to us. And I didn't say this in the beginning. This was something I had planned to say in the beginning. But this message, guys, this message was so hard for me to prepare because I've grown up in church. I've literally gone to church since I was a baby. And so growing up in church and, and being a part of that culture for so many years, you're kind of taught to be religious, you're kind of taught like, yeah, if you do good, then you'll get to heaven. Yeah, if you do good, if, if you look a certain way, if you present yourself a certain way, then, you know, you're this model Christian. And so there were so many things in my, in my mind that I had to shift throughout the years because Jesus, he, he flipped the whole script. Like, I don't know how we're still to this day like, like the Jews, And so this message was so hard for me to prepare because it exposed me. It convicted me. I was like, man, am I a Pharisee? That's the name of of the sermon series or the sermon today is Am I a Pharisee? And I titled it that because that's what I was thinking the whole time I was writing this. Am I a Pharisee? 
And maybe you don't know what a Pharisee is, and, and I'll get into that right now. Pharisees were around during the time of Jesus, right? They were these religious, there was, it was a religious group of people who prided themselves in keeping the law. They were uptight, you know, they were just like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to get to heaven, or I don't even, I don't even know what they thought. They just felt like they were just high and mighty, right? They were this religious group of people. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 1 through 7, it shows how Jesus felt towards the Pharisees. Now, this is hard. This is hard right here. It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels, and they love to sit at the head of banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk into the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. So Jesus is, is basically calling these people out. He's like, yeah, they, they know the law of Moses, so listen to what they're saying because they know the law. They know what they're talking about. It's right. It's true. It is, you know, it is the law. But don't practice what they do because you could know the law completely head to toe and not live the way Christ wants you to live. And these Pharisees, they weren't bad people. They get a really bad rap because Jesus... Jesus did, just didn't, you know, he didn't connect with them. He didn't vibe with them well. So they get a pretty bad rap. And, but they weren't bad people. Like, they, they, what they wanted was to, like, lead other people to God, right? They wanted to lead other people to doing the right thing. But they didn't know the heart of God. They had the right intention. They just had the wrong heart. They weren't the villains of the story. They just simply missed who Jesus was. Jesus was literally God in the flesh in front of them. And they didn't know it. They had no idea that God, the God that they serve every single day, was standing right in front of them because they didn't know the heart of God. If they would have known the heart of God, then they would have known that Jesus was God. And they literally always challenged Jesus because they didn't they couldn't put two and two together. They couldn't understand how this Jesus was the Messiah that, you know, was prophesied. They were like, no, if this was the real Messiah, then he would be like us. He would look just like us. He would be wanting everyone to follow the law. And he would, you know, wear these robes and wear these amazing things. And that's not the way Jesus was when he was on the planet. He wasn't wearing these amazing, extravagant, he was humble, you know. And... Because they didn't know his heart, they angered Jesus. Because Jesus, he wanted, he wanted the world to know. When Jesus came, he was God in the flesh. And he wanted people to know, like, this is God. Like, I know you guys can't see God because he's in heaven. But this is me. Like, this is the heart. Like, this is who I am. And I came so that you no longer have to self-justify. 
You no longer have to work for, for, for your justification. I, it's all in me. And they denied God. They denied God. They saw God in the flesh, didn't know it was him. They denied him. And denying God is, is exactly what we do. When our, atti- when our attitudes, they justify us more. When we're, we feel so justified by our own attitudes, by our own ways of being, we deny who God is because we don't see the heart of God. Another, this is, this is a little side note. Another interesting fact about the Pharisees is that they didn't give themselves their own name. Like, they weren't like, oh, we're the Pharisees. <laughs> they were actually labeled by outsiders. People were like, oh, those are Pharisees. Like, we, we know that group of people, the Pharisees. They never labeled themselves as anything, but outsiders did. And it's crazy that that's a characteristic of theirs to not even know who they were. They couldn't see the own speck in their eye. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but... These were people who walked when Jesus walked. So this was a long time ago, right? But what if I told you that there are Pharisees walking around today? They just, they don't even know that they're a Pharisee. They're just like these people who, you know, they're walking around with a a plank in their eye. And people are like, oh, man, you you know her, the one who's always judging me, the one who always makes me feel bad. They don't even know it themselves. They feel, you know, we feel like when, when we walk around with a Pharisaic mentality, we feel like we're, we're, we're doing God a favor. We feel like we're doing every, like the, the, the church a favor because we're like, no, but this is the way God wants you to live. And, and I, don't want, I don't want this to get misconstrued. Like, we don't abuse the cross of Christ. Like, even though the cross of Christ completely fulfilled the law, that doesn't mean that we just say, okay, so because Jesus died on the cross and he died for my sins, then I'll do whatever I want. (laughs) No, we don't want to abuse the cross of Christ because that's not the heart of Christ either. Paul said it's not about the law. It's about being a new creation. And when you're a new creation and when you've fully surrendered to Christ and to his, and to his sacrifice and to his salvation, when you've fully surrender to that, then that's not something you want to do. You don't want to abuse the cross. You don't want to to live a life that doesn't honor Christ, that doesn't look like Jesus. And so we don't want to abuse it, but at the end of the day, it's not our works. And I know this is something that is so hard to hear if you've gone to church your whole life. Your works aren't, aren't what gets you into heaven. It's not your works. It's not. It's not how good of a Christian you are every day. That's, that's not... That's not the formula. It's only in the cross. That's it. And so the second question I want to ask today is, what do Pharisees look like today? And there was a Barna study done a few years ago, and the survey revealed that 51% of the North American Christians polled all possess attitudes and actions that are more like the Pharisees than they are like Christ. This was a survey done a few years ago, and I don't know how they conducted the survey, but apparently 51% of North American Christians looked more like Pharisees than they did like Christ. That's a pretty big number, and I'm sure maybe it would probably be more if, if people were more honest in the surveys. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
But um, that's insane to me that so many people, and, and that was me. That was me for so many years. I was like, oh, why, why, are, they, why are they wearing hats in church? Like, Crystal, what? Why is that so important to you? And, and we're trained when we go to church and we, we hear these, like, these sermons and, and these people who feel like they're justified because they, they look a certain way. We feel, you know, like, okay, maybe that is the right way to live a Christian life. Maybe I just have to play the part and, you know, look like a Christian in order to be a Christian. But you can play the part. You can look the part. You can look like this amazing Christian on the outside, but what's really going on inside? And that's, that's where the heart of God is. That's where the Pharisees missed it because they looked good on the outside, but what were their hearts like? Matthew chapter seven, verse three to five says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Some tough stuff, guys. It's tough stuff because it's not that we have bad intentions. We don't. We're not, I'm, I'm not here to say, oh, you're a Pharisee or, oh, do you feel like a Pharisee? Like you're bad. No, it's, I've been there. It's so easy. It's such a fine line to go from completely trusting in the cross and mm, maybe I should lean on my own works. It's such a fine line in Christianity. And so many times, you know, we, we have these good intentions with our friends and we're like, don't do that with that boy and, and don't do those drugs and, and don't drink that. And, and we have these good intentions, but sometimes when we, when we look at the speck in our friend's eye, we're completely missing what's going on in our own hearts. And we won't even hear our friend because we're like, our friend might want to tell us like, man, like you were really angry today. And, and all you're thinking is, yeah, but you drank last night. What? And as a church, we've created like these boundary markers. And at, at every church, it might be different. At some churches, it's, it's you know, you have to wear skirts. Um, but in every church, we create these boundary markers. And we say, as long as you don't cross this boundary, then you're a good Christian. So as long as you don't post an Instagram story with a drink, then you're a good Christian. As long as you don't have a cigarette in your mouth, then you're a good Christian. But it's okay if you have like a little hidden porn addiction. Nobody knows about that. It's okay if you're filled with pride and, and you're angry at your parents or you're angry at the person who hurt you. That's okay because nobody sees that. That's not a boundary. You, you can cross that one. That's fine because nobody sees that, right? But the minute somebody has a cigarette in their mouth, oh my gosh, they are so unsaved. They are so unholy. I cannot interact with you right now because you're just my spirit, you know, it just doesn't, just doesn't mesh. And we're all guilty of this. If we've gone to church for any X amount of time, like we become guilty of this because we're so used to self-justification being the way we think that if we look a certain way, then, then that's, that's it. Then that's, if I look a certain way, then 
then I'm good. Nobody, nobody's telling me that I'm not a good Christian, right? Because we're so worried more about pleasing man than we are about pleasing God. And God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the heart. And you could be doing all the right things by the law, but in your heart, if you have anger, if you have pride, if you have bitterness, if you have jealousy, these things that so easily creep up into us, those are things that are left unchecked in, our, in your heart then. Yeah, you're following all these laws, but God, doesn't, God is looking at your heart. God sees beyond that. Amen. So how can I avoid being like a Pharisee? Because it's real easy to, I'm telling you guys, to cross that line. How can I keep myself on in the right lane? Paul said it. He said, I boast only and exclusively in the cross of Christ. I never boast about my own works. It's never about me. It's never about how I look to you. It's never about how good of a Christian I can be because it's, I don't need you to look at me. I don't need you to look at me and, and what I can do and how amazing of a person I can be. I need you to look at Jesus because he's the only one that can save. He's the only one that died on the cross. So when I'm so worried about my own image and, and how I'm perceived by people, I'm telling people, look at me, look at me. Look at how good of a Christian I am. Be like me. No, no. Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. He, was held, he, he held himself accountable. He said, I will be following Christ. And if I'm following Christ, then follow me. But if I'm not following Christ, then don't follow me. Because it's not about me. It's not about how good I look. It's about Jesus. And so it's not about our works. It's not about our self-justification. It's about the cross of Christ. It's about boasting only in that and saying, when I meet people that don't know Jesus, man, do you, like, I, I just, I, there's something that sparks up in me because if only they knew Jesus, if only they knew how amazing this, this gospel is, that I don't have to do anything to get into heaven. All I have to do is surrender to Jesus Christ. All I have to do is say, God, you, Jesus, you are my only salvation, and in you I trust. And sorry, church people, but that's it. That's it. It's only in the cross of Christ that we boast. We can't add anything to salvation. The minute that we start trying to add things to our salvation is the second that you flip from trusting in Christ to trusting in yourself. The minute you try to say, oh, well, yeah, Jesus is the one who saves, but you also gotta make sure that this is in place. If not, you know, if you die today, you know? Like we just have like these, these things that we add to salvation and the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It doesn't say whoever believes in him and does this. It says whoever believes in him shall not perish. We can't add anything to salvation. This name is hard for me to pronounce, but he, he got some good quotes, so... His name is Tulian. I'm not even going to try. His last name starts with a T. If y'all saw it, I don't know if, I don't know if any of them are, are going to go on the screen, but it's, it's pretty, it's weird. <laughs> but Tulian puts it, the only thing that you contribute to your salvation 
The only thing that you contribute to your salvation is the sin that made it necessary. That's it. Other than that, we have nothing but need. We didn't contribute anything to salvation. Nothing I do contributes to the salvation of Christ. Nothing I do. The only thing I contributed was the sin that made it necessary. Isn't that crazy? That completely just flips the script of church. It's like, man, I was looking at it like the wrong way. And that, I'm just speaking for myself. As I was ma- preparing for this message, I was like, wow, Jesus, help me be like you. Help me change my heart. Help me shift my, my perspective. Another quote by him says, the most dangerous thing that can happen to you is that you become proud of your own obedience. And yes, God honors your obedience. Be obedient to God because when you are obedient, God will open doors that no man can shut. Living in obedience to God is the best decision you can make. But being proud of my own obedience, boasting in my own obedience, trusting in my own obedience, that's where I get wrong. Because it's, that's not what I lean on. Yeah, I know that if, if I'm obedient, then, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. But at the end of the day, that's not what I put my trust in. Because the only thing that can save is Jesus Christ. The only thing I should boast about is his cross. We focus, as a generation, we focus so much on, like, the self-help books. We love those go to the library, we go to the bookstore, and we're like, I need a self-help book. I need to help myself. How can I be better? How can I be a better Christian, a better person, a better whatever it is? We love those self-help, self-help books. But what if I told you that the best self-help book are the Gospels? Because our job isn't to make ourselves these better people so that, you know, we can just be better people. No, our our only desire should be to look like Christ. And these, these self-help books, even, even some of these Christian self-help books, I'm just saying it because I've read some and I'm like, no. Some of them get it wrong because it's only in Jesus. When we read the Gospels and we see who Jesus was and how, how he, he behaved and the heart that he had, and we follow that, that's, that's it right there. Our only desire should be to look like Christ, not to be a model Christian. And something that Pastor Dennis said yesterday at our YA service that was so powerful, he said, he referred to the verse, man, not, okay, so this is in Galatians chapter six, it's verse 13. It says, not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. And he was talking about how these people who, these religious people, the Jews that were highly religious, they, they really wanted people to, to get circumcised. They were like, this is how you do it. Like, they, that's what they were boasting about. And it wasn't even because they wanted, you know, they wanted them to be good Christians. They wanted them to be their disciple. They wanted them to be their followers. So these, these Pharisees back in the day, they were, they were looking for followers for themselves to follow them. They were like, do what I say, you know, and, and it wasn't even about Jesus. 
And so Paul was like, no, you're getting it all wrong. Like, that's why I need to emphasize this. It's only in the cross of Christ and the most freeing thing as a Christian, as a believer, the most freeing thing that you can do is boast only in the cross. Because when it's not about me and what I look like and what I can do to get myself into heaven or to look like a good Christian, then there's no longer like this, this comparison. I don't have to compare myself to people. I don't have to feel like, oh, but they're, they're better than me or I'm better than them. Because now I'm free from that. Because all of us, every single person in this room has access to salvation in Christ. I'm no different than you. No matter what you do, no matter how, how you act, the salvation is the same. It's in the same Jesus. So comparing myself to anyone, that's out the door. That's out the door. And that frees you. That frees you as a Christian. And that doesn't free you to be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. That's, that's also not the way. Because Christ wants us to honor him, right? But we can go all day honoring the law and honoring what we should do as Christians and miss it and miss it and miss what's the real important thing and that's boasting in Christ alone, amen? It's not about me. I don't need you to follow me. I need you to follow Christ, amen? Amen, this word absolutely, absolutely wrecked me and, and I hope that this is something that you guys can, can keep with you forever. This is, Paul literally said, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. I know that he was trying to tell the people of Galatia, the church of Galatia, this is what's important. Yes, there's so many other aspects and, and you know, we can get into different conversations about theology and all these things, but this is what's important. Because yeah, when, at one point we did live by the law, but Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. And now my only desire is to boast about him and to look like him. And so if you're in this room and, and you don't know that Jesus, the only Jesus you know is, is this church Jesus that, that, that you, know, you can't even live up to, this Christianity that you can't even live up to because, man, even on my best day, my best days are dirty rags compared to God, compared to Jesus. I could never, ever, ever earn my salvation. And if that's the, the, the Christianity and the belief that you've been following, I want to let you know, like, take that off your shoulders. It's not about that. It's not about how good you look. It's not about your friend not posting this and not posting that. Yeah, we want to hold each other accountable. Yeah, we want to honor Christ. Those things are important. But what's most important is Jesus Christ and his salvation and what he can do for my friend. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to take that post down. I'm going to sit here and say, what is Jesus telling you? What has Jesus told you lately? Where is your heart with God? That should be the questions we ask our friends. 
how's your heart with God? Like when it's not even about how many hours have you been spending in the word? How many hours have you been praying? That's, that's a boundary marker as well that we set up for ourselves. Oh, if I don't pray enough, if I don't worship enough, if I don't read the word enough, then I guess I'm not a good Christian anymore. What? That's, Jesus never said that. We, Jesus exemplified a life of prayer, and that's something that we want to strive towards. We want to pray because that's what grows us, you know? That's what, what helps us throughout our, every situation, throughout every trial, but that's not what makes you a good Christian. What is a good Christian? No. We should just be looking to, to look like Christ. And when I, when I talk to my friends and, 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 and I feel, you know, this burden to correct them, maybe I want to look at myself first. Maybe I want to ask them different questions. Maybe it's not, oh, why did you do that with that person last night? And maybe it's, how are you doing? Like, how's your heart? Are you, are you, what's the last thing Jesus told you? What's, when's the last time you've heard from Jesus? And if it's been a long time, and I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to pray for you. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. He's, he, he hung out more with sinners than he did with the religious people. If he, the religious people he couldn't stand. And then we sit over here and we just want to be friends with religious people. And we're like, oh, no, I can't be friends with a sinner. What? That's not the heart of God. I can go on and on, but I just pray that you catch it tonight. I pray that you would catch that the only thing that's of importance is the cross of Christ. The only thing that's of importance is his salvation. And if you're in this room tonight and you don't know that Jesus, and you don't know the Jesus that can save the Jesus that said, I don't need you to come perfect. I don't need you to ever be perfect. All I need you to do is trust in me, surrender to me, surrender to what I have for you, the plan that I have for you.